G'day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here, and you are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 24th of January, 2023. Fuck, fucking fuck, is what I have to say. A sip of tea, straight out the gate. Oh, you know what? That's perfect. I thought that was going to be left too long. That was ideal. Man, <coughs> today can actually go get fucked, I reckon. Well, maybe it can't. Maybe it's good to have a challenging day. Challenging. Let's reframe. Yeah, it's not a bad day. It's a challenging day. It's an interesting day. Nah, it's fucking shit, man. It's bullshit. I woke up feeling sad. Just sad. Last night, I did a long... No, it wasn't really. I, I Last night, I did a gig in... Um, in St Kilda at the ESPY, which was great. This gig that um, the comedy festival put on. And like, it was lovely. I, I had a great set. I was really happy with, I did the first 10 minutes of the new show. And then like the other acts on were all cool and we were chatting. But I guess like, it's an early gig. It starts at five. So I guess I just wanted to like, I wanted to do something for like another hour in the evening, you know, like it was too early to go home. So I thought, but, um, you know, I mean, evidently other people have lives outside of comedy and they would like to get back to them. So all the other acts and everyone just left and I had got myself, you get drink cards. So I got like a free heaps normal. Um, and I like, you know, I had my beer and I was like <clears throat> ready to chill I went up into the green room, which is about like on the level above the show. And I was kind of up there for a bit and um, no one really showed up. Like, you know, I was like, oh, the acts will be coming off. And so I was just sitting in the green room by myself, drinking a beer and like, no, <laughs> like not even really like on my phone. Like I didn't really have anything that I, and I was just really tired because I'm, I cycled 40Ks on Saturday because I was just running around doing stuff and the bike happened to be the motor transport and I played football for three hours with Dub Boys. So I was tired and, you know, Sunday, so that's kind of a melancholy day. And then, like, I just wanted to hang out with someone and everyone just kind of bailed, fine. And now I'm just, I'm in St Kilda. It's like an hour and a little bit, it's a bit over an hour trip home. And I just want to do something. So I've got my beer. And that's a lonely person to be, right? You've got a full beer. I just got a full beer. And now I'm like, well, I got, I'm gonna, you know, I got it for free. But like, I still want to drink it. But I got no one to drink it with. And I go to go outside. It's still sunny. I'm like, well, that's nice. Maybe I'll just sit at a table by myself and drink a beer. Like, that's pretty sweet, actually. And then I go outside. But there's no tables free. There's one chick sitting at the at like alone in this really nice spot by herself that I was just like, man, if only she would just like have explosive diarrhea right now and have to leave and go to the toilet and I could snake her spot. Didn't happen. She's been watching her fiber intake, this girl. So there's no seats for me outside. And I'm just roaming around the bar. I, just, I wanted to take my beer away from the venue, but... It's such a legit venue. They've got bouncers out the front. So you can't even sneak an alcohol-free beer away from the venue. Like, I just wanted to sit somewhere and drink it. 
And then I get underneath because it's a pretty labyrinthine venue and I go underneath in the basement and there's like a band room and there's a band playing and I'm like, oh, yeah, man. Fucking, all right, I'll sit and watch this band. There's a trumpet, there's a sax, there's guitar, bass, drums. I'm like, fuck yeah. I sit down, there's a seat in the middle. I grab the seat, I take a sip of my beer, I lean back, they finish playing their song. Hey, we got a 20-minute break. Thanks for listening. I'm like, for fuck's sake, man. So I just went home and I just was feeling this kind of lonely, just creeping loneliness, you know. I was on the tram, got the 96 all the way from St. Kilda, all the way through the city up to the end where it stops at the end of Nicholson Street and... In, in Brunswick East and then I just walked and I was just feeling lonely and sad. I mean, I talked to my girlfriend and that was all good. And then I went to bed and I just woke up feeling like that this morning. It was still there. I sent her, we talked again in the morning. We had a nice Zoom and watched an episode of this show, Gavin and Stacey, that we we're watching, which is still, I'm going to say it. It's not funny, this show, but it is very sweet. And because it's so sweet, and I get it's very character driven. The jokes aren't good, and it's really like, let's just face it, it's not a funny show. <laughs> and I'm only saying that so openly because I know she doesn't listen to this. Because I reckon if I said that to her, it, it would break her heart a little bit. <laughs> it's not funny, British. Like it's like. <laughs> It's that fucking James Corden, man. <clears throat> Him and the other chick wrote it. Like, the, it's it's about a guy and a girl who fall in love and they're the protagonists, but the writers of the show are the best friend of the guy and the best friend of the girl and the guy's best friend is played by James Corden and the girl's best friend is played by, I don't know, some other chick who has the same vibe of, as James Corden, if you know what I mean. And the whole show that they wrote... Like every joke in the show, pretty much, is just like that that those two are fat and that they fuck and that they're fat and that that's pretty funny, you know? And it is kind of funny and there's like poo jokes and like, oh, and anal and like, oh, that'd be weird. All this kind of stuff. It's real normie shit and it's not that funny, but it's very character driven and it's very sweet and you get to know the characters and so that. And it's a very endearing show. Anyway, we watched an episode of that. We got the finale. And the episode, even the episode of that that we watched, we're watching season one, and episode five of season one ends on a sad thing. It's a cliffhanger, but the show's so sweet and kind of comforting that you know it's going to be fine. There's no r- real jeopardy in this show, which, to be honest, I think is a point in its favor rather than against. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. This is, this is a nice show for me and my girlfriend to just watch and connect and feel close. <clears throat> but I wake up feeling sad and then we watch a sad episode of that and then and she's feeling sad too. Maybe we're feeling sad together. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, you know, our emotions are kind of syncing up because that's all that we have because we're not there in person. Doing a long-distance relationship is hard. It is hard. I was, you know, I guess I fucking went into it like I went into all, like I go into all things in my life thinking that it won't be an issue, it'll be fine and that I'm just going to fucking crush it and it's not even going to be an event. I'm like, yeah, it's just like a normal relationship. It's exactly the same actually. 
I don't even know why they put that long distance part there. <laughs> Those words. Superfluous. Not superfluous, actually. Key words. Um, yeah, man. That's fucking... It sucks. It sucks not being... Not being able to see her and being in the same room as her. And, and, like, we do video calls pretty much every day. But it's just fucking... It sucks. And uh, yesterday she was feeling sad and, and she was telling me about that. And it was just, I couldn't fucking, you know, be there with her. And then like also just like having a video chat or a phone call, it's nice, but it's not the spontaneous kind of connection that is when you hang out with a person that you care about, you know, it's like very planned. We meet at this time, we chat for this long, we're in different time zones. It's hard. It's just hard. So, uh, we do that and then we have the end of the, the call this morning and it was just like, you know, all right, this sucks, but it'll be over in checks, watch four months. <laughs> four and a half months. <clears throat> so yeah. And then I'm, and then I've got work and then I've got, I've, I've given myself my schedule. I know what I got to do. I got to fucking work. Because I got to save money. Because the whole reason we're doing this long distance relationship is so that we can live together and have some kind of future together in the UK. And so I've given myself this fucking thing. And to do that, I just I have to fucking get up and go to work, which I know is what most people with normal jobs have. But my weird job that I have, you know, it lets me pick my own hours. So, um, by the way, this week, two hundred and nineteen dollars is how much I spent. That's fucking good. I'm really happy with that. <clears throat> Last week, 413 This week, almost $200 less. $219 across the whole week on food and everything. I'm fucking psyched. Travel, not including business write-off stuff. And I guess I got a few free lunches and things from doing comedy this week and had a few business write-offs because I was driving the car and stuff. But for the most part... <sighs> It was still all just me buying my meals every day and I spent $219. I can... My target was $210 a week. 30 a day. I think that's pretty aspirational, but I'm still holding it in my head. Anyway, so I uh, I go to work today and it was just one of those fucking days, man. Like, sometimes, you know, you're at work and just, I guess, talking to people can kind of pull you out of whatever funk you're in. But I just couldn't even talk to people. And the place where I was doing work, like sometimes in some suburbs, the shops aren't close together and the people just don't want anything to do with what I'm trying to do and blah, 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 blah. Just the nature of the work was difficult today as well. Um, <clears throat> probably my favorite moment today. I even, I got there. That's right. I wrote to my girlfriend at one point. So I got to, I was out in Box Hill and... Um, Half the shops out there were closed in the morning. It's not a big retail area. It's more food and food is harder to... There's all... The nature of the work is like if I'm interrupting people, it's harder. And in retail, you're not interrupting people because they don't have a steady stream of customers. But when it's food and hospitality service, you kind of are always interrupting someone. So that sucks. So it just makes it harder to do the job and I feel like I'm interrupting people and whatever. So I get to Box Hill... And I have a, I see a bit of sushi train and I'm like, fucking, you know what? I'm going to get sushi train before I even start work. I'm going to get lunch. 
and uh, I sit there and I have four and it's expensive and I know I shouldn't be getting it because it's expensive, but I was like, fuck this. I just feel shitty. And I got four plates and it was $20.80. It's fucked that I know that. <laughs> I'm really losing my mind about money lately. And I'm sitting there feeling sad eating this stuff. And sushi trains are right. I just, I, I got it in my head that I wanted it. To be honest, it's bad value. $5.20 a plate for these two little fucking the roll things that you get when I could just get a full hand roll for like three eighty and have two of those and probably have the same amount of food and feel just as full. But I just got it in my head that I wanted, I wanted it on a little choo-choo train. Is that the gimmick? Why is it that the train is that much more expensive? It comes on a plate, it's got a little thing on top and then it comes around on a conveyor belt and suddenly now... Those two little slice bits of roll with some mayonnaise are five twenty, and a hand roll by itself is three eighty. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I just like there's something about the train and the bits of fish and the not the way that it's presented. There's something about it that's nice. I fucking love a sushi train, and it's the only kind of food food that comes in train form. No other food. It would make more sense for other foods to be mobile. A river of soup, like Escher's water fountain. That'd be a fucking... <laughs> Does that exist? Nah, someone would fuck with the soup. <laughs> you sit down in a chair and it just, it's just a flowing river of soup in front of you. <laughs> How would it change flavours? Maybe there's like a five rivers parallel and then you have like it's still i was thinking it could be like a little tap that you turn on but that's not as fun because the tap could be whatever it's not it, you lose the tactile element of the motion food so maybe if you have five rivers of soup and they're quite narrow but you have like a little like a measuring cup oh yes and then they know how much soup you've taken you get a little measuring cup so you've got like chicken you know uh uh, sweet potato, corn, miso, and a black one. <laughs> and you put your little measuring cup in there and then you fucking have soup in front of you. What other foods could be movable? It's got to be small serves. I guess that is why sushi is in, it's a movable. You, you couldn't have like a uh, schnitzel train because you just eat one schnitzel, you know? What about... Um, Fucking, what's it called? Tapas train. Huh? But instead of choo-choo trains, they're like little bulls. I don't know I quite know how that would work. Tapas is a good one though. Volivons, you know, like hors d'oeuvres, hors d'oeuvre train. Right in with whatever foods you would like to see. <laughs> Right in with any foods that you would like to see presented in train form. Desserts, maybe. There's some, you know. And if you don't write in, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna chuck myself off a um like a tall, you know, building somewhere into a pile of food, maybe to remind you what you didn't do. Oh, that's a good running joke, isn't it? Um so I do my work today. My favorite moment that I had today, a really lovely moment I had that I guess kind of took me out of myself because being depressed, being sad is a very, it's very self-centered shit, isn't it? 
oh, I'm sad. It's like, cool, go to work. And I guess the way, the reason I am able to be sad is because my the nature of my work is it's kind of like I could just choose to not go to work today and no one would – it would just affect my money, but it wouldn't affect, you know? So I have a choice. So then there's like this idea of like maybe I won't go to work, but also I'm not letting myself do that because I need the money and blah, 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 blah. But it's just very self-indulgent to be sad. And doing the work, you know, it felt good to just do it. But there was this one, oh, it was, oh, actually, I won't say the name of the place. It was a Chinese restaurant. Um, and I got there and they had like the stickers on the window that I have to take off and replace. But they also had these other big, like hard plastic things stuck to the window <clears throat> for like, I guess they're for like Chinese, like the Chinese version of Uber Eats, you know? What's it called? Ah, uh, I can't remember. You know the one. It's yellow. You see the dudes rolling around with their things on their bag and it's yellow. The branding is all yellow. Fubi? Fuck, I can't remember. Um, but they had those stuck to the window and the lady was like, can you take that? She's like, oh, you can take the thing off? I was like, yeah. She's like, can you take that off? And I could tell by the way she was asking it, she knew she was taking the piss. I was like, yeah, man, I'll take that off. She's like, oh, yeah? Do you want to take that one and that one and that one and that one off? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, sure. Like I was kind of, I was halfway through my day, but I was like feeling a bit sad, but just like, yeah, man, fuck yeah. A little task. And I started doing it. It's really hard to take those hard plastic ones off because they don't just peel off nice. They're rigid. So they're stuck to the window. So when you take them off, they splinter. So you've got to take it off bit by bit by bit by bit. And it took me like 10 minutes to take all this stuff off. And then she was like, saw that I was doing it and working hard. And she got me a knife to help. And then she uh, was like, do you want a drink? And she got me a can of Coke. She was like, have a drink. Thank you. And I cleaned her window all nice for her. And then I put my stickers on there and... I don't know, there was something about doing that for her and just like, I mean, it's not part of my job, I didn't need to do it, I could have said no, but it was just a nice thing and I could tell she really appreciated it and she gave me a can of Coke and I really appreciated that, that made my day today and I think after then, my day got better, so that's good, isn't it? How's you guys' week been? Have you had a shit day? A Monday's always shit, or is it just confirmation bias that when a Monday is shit, you're like, eh, fucking Monday. I had, um, after that, after I peeled those things off that lady's door and I was able to, like, I guess admit that I was in, I mean, I, oh, yeah, the, 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 fuck, sorry. The thing that I said to my girlfriend when I was sitting there eating sushi was I messaged her and I said, I'm so, like, it, it's, Oh, I'll even, I'll find the fucking message. I'll find the fucking message, mate. I said, burr, 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 burr. God, it just keeps going. I feel so sad. It's almost funny. That's how I felt at quarter to midday today. Because it was, oh my God, it was a nightmare. But it just kept going. I was just like, this is, and I know I wasn't sad about anything. Well, maybe I'm just sad because I miss my girlfriend and I find it, difficult to attribute the sadness to that thing because admitting that I'm sad because of something that I can't control makes me feel powerless. Well, there we go. Solved it. And I'm fucking smart. Yep. 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 That's probably it. 
<laughs> That's literally it. <laughs> I feel sad because I can't see my girlfriend, but I don't want to admit <laughs> that that's why I'm sad. <laughs> Funny. Um, I went into, yeah, another few shops after that lady's window thing, and um, I just felt a bit more able to be honest with people and like, you know, walk into the shop and I'm like, before that I just wasn't talking to anyone, but I'd walk in and I'm like, how you doing? And if they gave me a little, how you doing? I'd be like, man, shit, you know, woke up today, felt like shit, just like I can't be fucked today. And the two people who I said that to, both of them were like, yeah, dude, like they picked it up, you know, they were like, yeah, the one chick in a cafe was just like, oh, that's me literally every day. And that is idle small talk, but I loved it. I felt so connected. It was really cool. So, yeah, but then I finished work and I'm like, now I'm going to feel good. And then almost immediately, as soon as I finished work, boom, headache, boom. Ugh. And then I just had a headache, you know? Got home, I'm trying to read my book on the train, I've got a headache, I don't want to take Panadol because I don't want to admit that I have a headache and I just feel like I should be able to deal with it myself. I had a headache yesterday and I took two Panadol and it didn't fucking do anything. Whatever. <laughs> got home, made myself a massive bowl of salad and then fucking, you know what my housemate did that I need to tell you guys? We're having a party on Saturday and our grass has been a nightmare it's, it's overgrown and i went to try and cut it the other day and the whippersnipper that i bought like a year and a half ago <clears throat> i guess finally just decided it's done because it started smoking out of the bottom of the thing and um it died just white smoke and then black smoke coming out of the the motor so i'm like oh this thing's fucked. i looked that up i was like what's it mean when there's white smoke coming out of a motor and it was just like yeah it's fucked i'm like all right <laughs> cool <laughs> that's how much i rely on the internet that i can't tell that white smoke means bad thing in the motor i needed to just google that just to check that my instincts are correct <laughs> isn't that crazy i don't trust myself just to be like i reckon the white smoke's probably bad yeah i still just we rely on the internet so much that I'm like, I need confirmation. I need someone else to tell me that it's bad. I can't just be like, that's bad and I need to change it. I don't know. Is that a problem? Maybe that's not a problem. Anyway, so my housemate, I just, I told him, that was like a week and a half ago. Hey, the thing's fucked. I checked online. It said so. He was like, you check online? I was like, I checked online. And uh, I just lent it up against the wall and <laughs> hoped something would happen to it, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not putting it back in the shed because then it's just, a, it's just, that's done. That's it. It's over. <laughs> I'm like the main part of grass in our backyard. I didn't even get to, I always start down the side and then I get to the main bit at the end. So the main bit was completely untouched and I'm like, well, the whippersnipper's fucked, but if I put it back in the shed now that it's broken i just am admitting that i have no plan so i just put it and lent it against the wall outside in the backyard just to be like that is still an issue that i'm dealing with <laughs> do you know what i mean 
I think that's why I was talking like maybe it was like a month ago when I cleaned my room. Surface is not storage, you know? Because you don't want to admit that a problem has bested you. So I like in my room, I always put stuff on surfaces because I'm like, that's something that I'm getting to. I'm in the middle of it. I can't admit that I'm just not going to deal with that and I'm just going to put it out of sight because that bothers me to make that decision. But I also don't have the time or the capacity to fix the problem. So instead, I'm like, I'll just put it on this bench for six months. And that way, I've not, I've not, been, defeat, I've not been defeated, but also I'm not offering a salute. Oh my God, I've got the fucking hiccups. This day is just... Yeah. <laughs> God. So yeah, I did that with the whippersnipper. I put it on the outside version of a of a bit of surface, which is I leaned it against a wall to be like that's in that's pending. And my housemate <clears throat> saw that and knew that I wasn't doing anything about it because it had been there for a week and a half. So he took it on his own shoulders to go down to Bunnings with it. He didn't even buy this thing. He took it down to Bunnings and he just went, hey, I bought this less than a year ago and it's broken. So can I get it like replaced with the one that's not broken because this one's faulty? And they were like, yes. Isn't that the most incredible thing you've ever heard in your life? He didn't have a receipt. He lied. It's not less than a year old it's easily it's i got it before i moved into this place which was october 2021 so i've had that thing for like a year and a half he just took it down to bunnings walked in said hey i bought this here and it broke so can i get a new one and they said yes i mean if that is not a life-changing bit of knowledge you know probably stop listening right now because it's not getting any better and he goes, oh, yeah, I worked at Kmart for years on the returns desk and so I know how it works and they're owned by the same company. Incredible. And did you know this? Oh, now I'm just fucking parroting things that he told me about half an hour ago. The main reason that they need to check returns is not because they think you're going to scam it like that, but because in most shops, like those big department stores, pretty much every day, someone will try to just grab something off the shelf, not buy it, just take it straight to the returns desk, like in a box and be like, hey, I just bought this. Can I get a return for it? So, <laughs> so that they, <laughs> the audacity, they just take something off the shelf and then they walk directly to the returns desk and go, I bought this and I want to trade it for something. So then they get the other, a new thing with a receipt for free. Fuck, man. People are crazy. I would never have the balls to do that in my fucking life. I just hate like lying to people's faces. I really struggle with it. I have to practice and remember the lie and know what it's going to, you know, like I just, I need a bigger run up. I could never do that. I even would feel bad taking the broken thing into Bunnings and lying about it. But, you know, it's dog eat dog in this world. And if you want a new whippersnipper for $69 free, that's the kind of person that you got to be. Man, incredible. Anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? 
Um, <clears throat> I can't remember. I got this call. Uh, I got a couple more things to say, I think. I had therapy on Thursday. That was lovely. Oh, thank you to everyone who came to my show in Bendigo on Friday. I, I like... You know, I've, I think I've been talking a lot about how you start something and then the long tail, like that, that Struthless video that I watched in July or whatever, when he says that when you start a project, you get a lot of endorphins and you're excited about it. And then to finish a project is the hardest part because those endorphins go away, but you've got to see it through to the end. And the end just keeps going and going and going. And... Uh, it's tempting to get distracted by a new project and that release of new endorphins. But if you do that, you never finish anything. So you don't have a body of work. Um, and on Friday in Bendigo, I did the last ever live performance of my show, Taco, about meeting my biological dad that I've been doing for, you know, close to four years. I've been working on that show well, since I started working on it. And um, yeah, man, it just was... It's so cool to finally let it go. I mean, I feel like the period of work on that show has well and truly passed, but to then be able to let it go, and that was the last time I'm ever going to perform it live, you know? Um, yeah, it felt really cool. And uh, just, I guess, like, I don't know, not not quite an end of an era. No, it's not that big, but it was just, it, it, it was cool to be able to let it go. It's the best thing I've ever written, and... Um, I feel like I'm kind of past it and I'm done with it and the new stuff that I'm doing, I'm more excited about and it's going to become something great, I think. So, um, yeah, everyone who came to that, I mean, I <clears throat> we got like 65 people in, which was so much more than what I was expecting. Um, we sold a bunch of tickets, easily made the money back on the venue, which is a nice venue. It's not a cheap venue, the... Cap, uh, the um, Engine Room Theatre in Bendigo. Also, a big... Uh, I want to apologise if you're listening to uh, the group who invited me to come out to... Now, what was it called? Ghosties after the show in Bendigo. You were like, we're going to be at Ghosties Diner. And I was like, sick, I'll meet you there. And then I got there and it was closed. And I was like, well, fucking... It's not open. So I don't know. I guess I'm apologizing. It was really cool of them to invite me out and I wish I could have gone out with you. If you're listening to this, if you decide to listen to my podcast or if you were like, hey, that guy didn't come and you didn't want to be our friend, so fuck him. You know, I understand. And in that case, you're not listening. So you know what? Fuck you too. You told me to go to a place that wasn't open and that hurt my feet. It didn't hurt my feelings. I, I wanted to go home and hang out with my cousin and his wife anyway. I don't even care about ghosties. That was a great show. Loved it. Um, and uh, speaking of projects coming to fruition, this Friday in Melbourne at Long Play in North Fitzroy, I will be premiering my documentary about the Edinburgh Fringe. You had to be there. That has been an ongoing project since July. And it has just kept going, man. This week has been fucking hard. I've had a couple people who were in the documentary who I really wanted their parts to be in it. I've, ha I've had three people so far say that they didn't want their part in it. One person, I really understood their reason. Um, the other two, I just can't see. I just think they're being silly. And you know what? It's up to them 
whether they want to be a part of my project or not and it's fit, you know and they I told them that was something that I like that I would give them that creative freedom because I think that's important I think people should be should have control over where their their images and their words and stuff are used so I'll honor that promise but the reasons that they gave to not be in it I just think are dumb and um, it really hurt because this is something that I've worked hard on and uh, you know like to have it kind of not butchered because it was small parts but it was just I don't know man like I felt kind of not appreciated like I want to make this cool record of the fringe and I want all these people to be a part of it because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what they have to say and I think they've got cool stories to tell um, and then to have two people just, I don't know, I don't know, man. It was disappointing. It was very disappointing. But you know what? That is a part of doing a project like this and that was a part that I didn't foresee because I guess I just assumed that everyone would want to be a part of my thing and maybe that was a little bit arrogant of me to assume that, to be like, yeah, of course everyone will just say yes, I can use their stuff because I'm using it in good faith and they trust me and they think I'm cool. Yeah, maybe some people don't think the thing I'm doing is as cool as I do. Whatever. Anyway... We've edited it. The, I've got the final copy. It's done. I've paid for it. It's all done. It's in the can. And uh, I'm ready to show it to everyone on Friday. And I'm going to upload it to YouTube. And then I'm going to make that available on my website for two weeks only. So if you want to watch it and you're not in Melbourne and you're not able to come to the premiere, then check it out on YouTube for two weeks only. Um, and it'll be... You, the only way you can get the link is from my website. All right? So... Check that out starting from um, Melbourne time, 7 p.m. on the 28th of January this Friday. Um, really excited about that. And if you're in Melbourne, please do come and use the code It's About Time or one word to book tickets for free. Um, that's pretty much it. I do want to say this fucking thing. So I've been doing this bit lately about, uh, I think I've told the story, but I'll tell it again because a friend of mine and um, a regular listener of this podcast has uh, been at me to get on ChatGPT because I love AI and ChatGPT is like a, it's a basically an AI that you can talk to. And she was saying, get on ChatGPT, it's crazy. She sent me some jokes. It was She was like, told it to write jokes about um, oh fuck I'll read the jokes out told her to write jokes about uh, meeting your biological dad and oh where is it GPT here we go <laughs> why do i do that it's just i gotta make noises while i'm like reading stuff because i anyway um she told her to write jokes about meeting write some stand-up comedy jokes about me meeting my biological father for the first time as an adult oh did i say these last week i think i did actually i did didn't i i was so excited to meet my biological father for the first time as an adult but it turns out he's just like every dad embarrassing in public and always asking for money anyway i got on chat gpt and uh, I've been writing this bit about my rabbit dying when I was a kid and my mom saying that she went back to the farm and then I realized that she didn't, she was dead. And then when I was 30, I was like, hey, mom, remember when my rabbit died and you lied to me and said that she went back to the farm and my mom was like, oh, she didn't die. We got your grandpa to come around and wring its neck, right? 
I told ChatGPT that story because I was like, maybe I'll use it to write stand-up as like a little aid to kind of give me different perspectives on whatever. And I don't know if that's going to be possible, but here was the first paragraph of what it said um, in response to that. I understand that this revelation may have come as a shock to you and it's understandable that you may have feelings of betrayal, disappointment and sadness. Your parents may have thought that it was the best solution at the time, but it's important to remember that killing a pet, regardless of the reason, is not an appropriate way to deal with an unruly pet. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's nice that I have at least like got it to make a moral judgment on some level. I wonder if I just said, "Hey, should I kill my dog?" Or should I just ki- should I kill a dog? Because it has these little spots where it's like if you like the first thing I asked her was, "Can you help me jerk off?" <laughs> I mean, of course, that's the first thing I said. "Can you help me jerk off?" And it just was like flagged inappropriate content. Content can't be sexual and it didn't even reply. So I was like, oh, boring. (laughs) What's the point of having a computer if it's not going to make me come? So, um, and then you try other things. And I would assume it would do the same thing if you were like, I want to kill someone. It's like inappropriate, inappropriate, inappropriate. But I wonder if it would do that if you said, oh, hey, I'm going to kill a dog. Surely, right? Doesn't want you killing dogs. Or have the developers decided, you know what, killing dogs is like, it's inappropriate, but it's at the level where we want to be able to discuss it with the AI rather than just shutting it down. Maybe there's no crime. Is it illegal to kill a dog? Huh. That's a good question. Is it illegal to kill a pet? Let's find out, hey? Is it illegal to kill a pet? I mean, that's a crazy fucking thing to Google. Most animal cruelty laws make it a crime to kill or injure animals unnecessarily or without justification. The most obvious justification is self-defense or defending another person from harm. Right. Okay. Here we go. And the reason that my parents actually apparently got my grandpa to come around and wring our rabbit's neck is because it bit my, my little brother on the finger. Can you go to jail for killing a dog in Quora? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear this? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> All right, I'm going to read this and then I reckon that'll be us. <laughs> I shot and killed my dog, a large Munsterlander, the first versatile hunting dog I ever raised and trained myself. She was a faithful companion, grew up with my kids and was an honored and valuable part of my household for 12 years. I spent many days and seasons training her to be a competent and talented hunter. Fucking, I wonder what this is going to be. If this is going to be fucked or if this is going to be just really sad. She was my collaborator during hundreds of days of field in pursuit of ducks, partridge, geese, hare, grouse, pheasant and the occasional farm pest. Ah, this guy's a fucking hunter. But that means he probably loves his dog. Guy? Yeah, his name's literally Guy. Guy Pulvermarcher. Fuck, and this guy's an agrilist, farmer, businessman, hunter-gatherer. Fuck. 
has 20 years experience learning and living about dogs right whatever we bonded and formed a strong partnership while providing food for my family she defended our home and our kids she was affectionate trustworthy and loyal where's the twist fuck killing her myself was the hardest thing I have had to do in many years in many years I wonder what the high watermark was before you could just say it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in all my life but no many years what was it before that? I had to kill my son. <laughs> oh, no. But the alternative was to take her to a distant veterinarian who she disliked and did not try. <laughs> this guy was so, so close with his dog. He was like, I had to kill her myself because I know she fucking hated that vet. She didn't trust the vet. The vet stole money from her. Oh, my God. That was a bit of a left turn, hey? Heidi, that was that's his dog, had terminal breast cancer. She had cataracts and didn't know that she couldn't see properly or understand what she was looking at anymore. She had become dangerous to others, biting at perceived threats and was in extreme pain every day. She had no chance of recovery and she didn't trust that fucking vet. She lived to hunt and to please her master. Oh, man, this that's fucking... Is that what dogs really live for? Oh, maybe it is. It's a weird master-slave thing, hey? I'm a master. Guy Pulvermacher. So instead of taking her to the vet, I took her on one more hunt. We went for one last walk on the fragile, rare prairie that my family has preserved for the benefit of wildlife and wild spaces. She was so eager when she saw me unpack the shotgun. She was mostly blind and crippled, but her nose still worked and she was eager to hunt. When she discovered game oh, and in that moment was happy in her accomplishment and service, I ended her life. Make your own judgments. Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, fuck. I guess that's okay. I don't know. I don't really have any judgment on that other than what a fucked story. And you know what? When I asked my grandpa i asked my grandpa about that story and about what it was like to kill my rabbit and uh he didn't really answer the question he just kind of told like he was like yeah it's part of life on the farm and then he told some other stories and i think that's probably the best answer i'm going to get but that story i mean that's kind of it isn't it the dog he loved it this guy loved the dog i mean that sounds like kind of similar situation to my grandpa who had dogs like he killed every dog he ever owned and he had dogs for like for working on the farm and mustering sheep and shit. And he used to take them down the back paddock and, and put a bullet in the back of their heads. And I really didn't mean for this to get so dark. <laughs> I wanna maybe I should ask um maybe I should maybe I should put that to the AI and see what it says. I'm interested in the AI making moral judgments because like I don't know that that's really possible. Like morality, I guess you can, like the whole point of moral philosophy is to try and find objective moral judgments. But like, really, it's just a feeling that you have, you know? Like, I feel like what that guy did was okay. But if he kicked the dog to death, that wouldn't be okay. 
And then you sit in a moral philosophy class like I did in university and go, well, that's because you gave the dog pain. But there are some things that just feel right, but you can't justify why. Or I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. And it's interesting that the AI is making a moral judgment because it's like AIs don't have that feeling. So in moral philosophy, fuck, look, I actually feel smart now. In moral philosophy, we're trying to find objective moral judgments that are devoid of feeling and, you know, like any kind of the, the vibe. And, and an AI is programmed to, I mean, it doesn't have a feeling or a vibe, does it? Any judgment that an AI makes must be objective or, obje- or, or it must, ca- you know what? I think I'm in too deep here. I'm in too deep. I'm pulling the parachute. I think it's funny that the AI told me that you couldn't kill pets. This is not an appropriate way to deal with an unruly pet. And I think I want to tell my mum that. I think I want to tell my mum that the computer said that she made the wrong call. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's the podcast this week. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Um, I don't know. Talk to me. If you've got any thoughts on that, I think that's really fucking interesting shit. Like the podcast, sub, Spotify, iTunes, five stars, do all of that. And I'll talk to you guys next week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Bye-bye.